Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to our service today. My name is Pastor Marcel Direct. I serve here as Pastor of Faith Formation, and I am just delighted that we can be together to spend just a few moments in God's Word. If you have your Bibles, um, please turn to John chapter 14. We are going to spend some time um, looking at that today. So if you want to grab your Bibles, uh, please do that. Open up the John 14 uh, as we begin. Let's take a few moments to set the stage for what might be perhaps one of Jesus' most loved statements, but perhaps also one of his most controversial I am statements that we're going to look at in John 14. The crowds have gathered to celebrate Passover, the annual feast where all the Jewish men had to gather together uh, in Jerusalem. The people were gathered in their homes. It was a time of celebration, remembering how God delivered them out of Egypt, out of slavery. And as they gathered around their table, they would recite the law as found in Exodus 20, where God already begins the I am statements, where he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And in our passage today, we have the disciples. They are gathered in the upper room. And since the weather was hot, they have walked in the heat of the day. Their, their feet were dusty, they were sore, they were sweaty, and perhaps even a little bit stinky. And then Jesus, he, he goes off to the side and, and he grabs a towel and he grabs a basin and, and he kneels before Peter. And he grabs Peter's legs and, and he slowly brings it up to him uh, to begin washing his feet. But Peter quickly jerks his, his leg back and he says, No, Lord, you are not going to wash my feet. And Jesus, he just so humbly says to Peter, If I don't wash your feet, you have no part in me. Can you just imagine for a moment the disciples must have just been scratching their head wondering what in the world is going on here? Our teacher, our master, why is he on the ground kneeling before us wanting to wash our feet? That, that's not his place. Then Jesus makes his first startling revelation that I can only imagine that when Jesus says this, it probably knocked the disciples right off their chairs. They have spent three years following Jesus Three years of sitting at his feet and learning from our Lord. They left their family businesses to follow him. They were committed to following Jesus. So they thought. Then Jesus, with, with a very heavy heart, he says to his disciples, he says, I tell you the truth. One of you is going to betray me. The disciples, they must have stopped eating their Passover meal. They, I can only imagine that, that they perhaps started staring at each other and started uh, mumbling to themselves, who could it be? One of the twelve that was sitting around with them was going to deny and betray their master, their Lord. And it was soon revealed that it was Judas who was going to betray Jesus. Jesus was called out as the betrayer. He gets up and he stomps out of the room in anger then things calmed down a little bit at that dinner table. And Jesus then says another shocking statement that the disciples 
they just got to wrestle with. And Jesus states, my children, I am only going to be with you for a little while, and then I'm going. What a puzzling statement for the disciples to hear, don't you think? See, we know the rest of the story, but they're hearing this for the very first time. They are hearing that Jesus is going to believing them, leaving them. And then Simon Peter, he has a follow-up question. He says, where, where are you going, Lord? Then Jesus gives his answer that perhaps doesn't bring a whole lot of clarity to the question or to the situation, but it also is perhaps a, an answer that the disciples should have understood. Jesus says, where I am going, you can't follow, but you will follow me later. <laughs> then Peter comes up and he, and I, and I love this. he makes this, this, this bold statement. Why can't we follow you now, Lord? I will lay down my life for you. And as soon as that comes out of his mouth, Jesus says, Peter, are you sure? Are you sure you will lay down your life for me? Because I tell you, before the rooster crows three times, you are going to deny me. And the room goes silent. People, the, the, the disciples, they, they really don't know what to do. They, they kind of stare at each other and they just can't speak. And then you can only imagine then that, that the tension in that room at that moment must have been high. It's kind of like a committee meeting that has gone bad. Don't you think? Jesus is, is on the ground and he, he wants to wash his, the feet of his disciples. One of the members, are, one of his twelve, he says, you are going to betray me. And, and Peter, you are going to deny me three times as well. The disciples, they, they must have been in shock. They must have been in confusion. And perhaps even some of them were incredibly angry at what Jesus was saying with them. Nobody dares to speak. The room is, is silent. And then that awkward silence is broken by the tender heart of Jesus who takes this moment, this special moment, to comfort his disciples. And he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me because I am going to my Father's house. I am going to prepare a place for you. You know, Jesus bring, brings comfort but perhaps not clarity to the situation for the disciples. Trust in me, trust in God, okay, we get that. But these rooms, I don't get what that means. Well, what is that all about? And that brings us to our story for today. So if you have your Bibles open, if you can turn to John 14, if you have not done so already, I want to read with you John 14, 5 to 14. And I want to read it because I want you to kind of capture the context of what takes place here. And as I read it to you, I want you just, just to imagine perhaps the tension that is in the room. Of all the things that we've just talked about, here's what happens next. John 14, verse 5. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. And from now on, you do know him and have seen him. 
Philip said, Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough. Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip? Even after I have been among you for such a long time, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show me the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? I would say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing the work. Believe me when I say that, that I am in the Father and the Father is, is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do even greater things than these, because I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in his Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Students, I want to ask you this question this morning. Have you ever been in a classroom where the teacher is going on and, and she is explaining this question? Let's say it's a, it's a math problem. And she is explaining this question over and over and she keeps moving on and getting deeper and deeper into the solution. And you're kind of sitting there and you're wondering kind of what's going on and she's, she's done writing everything up on the board and then she asks the question, is there any questions in the room? And you don't want to really raise your hand and, and ask the question uh, because you don't want people to, to know your inability or you don't want to expose your inability to understand the question because you kind of think that everybody else in the room knows except you. So you kind of keep your hand down. You don't ask, ask the question. And after a few moments, a hand goes up in the classroom and, and you see it in the corner of your eye and, and somebody asks the question. He says, you know what? I don't understand. Can you please explain it to me one more time? And you get this, this huge sigh of relief and you're just like, thank you. Somebody had the guts to ask the question. I'm so glad it wasn't me. And you just realize all of a sudden at that moment, you know what? There are more people that don't understand and don't get it. Have you ever been there? I know I have been there many, many times. Well, that's how our, our, our verses start out today. The tension in the room is high. They were just comforted by Jesus while he makes so many statements that they don't fully understand. The disciples, they were confused, thinking that perhaps they should know all the answers to the questions or to the statements that he is saying. I am going, and, and there are many rooms. We can't go now, but we will follow later. And the disciples, you know, they're in silence. They're not quite sure what to make of all of this. And then there it is. The hand goes up. Thomas, the disciple, had the courage to ask the question, Lord, where are you going and how are we going to get there? In other words, you just said to Peter that you are leaving us and that we are going to follow you later. Uh, Jesus, no can do. We, we, we can't do that because we do not know where you are going. You know, Thomas asked the question, he needed to know the answers. He was not afraid to keep asking until he understood. Thomas always wanted to know more. 
He needed the proof. This is the same Thomas that we're going to read about in a few chapters where he, he wanted to see the nail scar in the palm of Jesus' hand. He wanted to see the nail imprints in his feet and the wound on his side. He wanted to know more. He needs to understand Jesus. Please, Lord, he says, help me to know more clearly what you are trying to say because honestly, Lord, I don't fully understand. Then Jesus, then he comes and he makes perhaps this, this well-known statement I, of, the, of the I am's that, that perhaps brings um, so much confusion to people, but it's so much love, and yet it causes so much tension in our society because it talks so much about the exclusivity of who Jesus is. Jesus answers Thomas's question of, of where are you and how are we going to get there? And Jesus replies this way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you know my Father. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Here's what I find interesting, and I have it in your notes this way. A Christian in spiritual things may know more than they realize they know. In Christian things, in spiritual things, a Christian may know more than what they realize they know. For you see, just prior to Thomas asking the question, Jesus already said to Thomas and to the other disciples sitting there, you know the place where I am going. You already know it, guys. You know, it's like it's, it's, we're saying to a child, just think. Just, just think it through for a moment. You know the answer. Just think. Thomas and the other disciples, they have been following Jesus. They have been sitting at his feet. They have been learning from Jesus so intimately and so personally to the point to where they've even decided to leave everything to follow him. You know, Jesus, or, uh, Thomas uses the word Lord when he addresses Jesus. And that word Lord that Thomas uses refers to uh, ownership. It talks about the master. They knew that Jesus was Lord and that he was master of their life. And if they knew Jesus, they unknowingly knew that he was the way, the truth, and the life. A person may actually be in the right way before they are even quite conscious of the fact that they are. Jesus said to them, you know the way. And they responded, ah, no we don't. You know me, says Jesus. You know me, therefore you know the way. Think, boys. Think it through. The disciples needed to let go of their earthly understanding of who Jesus was to fully understand who Jesus is. Isn't that so true for us as well? We perhaps know more about the reality of Jesus than we think we do. We need to let go of our earthly understanding of who Jesus is. We need to let go of, of those layers and layers of filters that we believe we need to look through before we can truly come to grips with the reality of Jesus Christ. We know Jesus. 
and we believe he is the way, but we want to look through those, those filters of tradition, the filter of expectation, the filter of culture, the filter of our peer pressure, of our peer groups. Each filter makes it tougher and tougher for us to see and for us to understand the unconditional love and grace that God has for you and that he has for me. Yet Jesus is saying so tenderly to you in your moments of questioning, in your moments of doubt, think, my child, think. You know the answer. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. See, Jesus answers some of humanity's biggest questions, doesn't he? How are we saved? How how are we going to get to heaven? And if there is an afterlife, how how do we get there? What is that all about? And Jesus' answer is so profound, but yet it's so simple. He says, I am the way. You know, I love how Jesus makes one of his greatest statements in the midst of his disciples' questioning. And this is, so comforting, at least it is for me, because I have so many questions yet about the faith. I know Jesus, I believe him, but I know him so imperfectly, and and therefore I have so many questions yet. How about you? Do you still have questions about the Christian faith? it's, It's in our vulnerability that Jesus shares this powerful statement of his identity. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. But why was this so difficult for the disciples so many years ago, and why is this so difficult for us to understand today? And it's because Jesus' statement of I am the way is about relationships, not about regulations. Right? It's about relationship, not regulation. Jesus once again stated that he and the Father are one. I am the way. If if you know me, you know the Father. This is is not a multi-path answer. This is singular. Jesus is saying, be in relationship with me. Believe in me and believe in no other. You want to know how to get saved? Be with me. Be in relationship with me because I am the way. You want to know how to get to heaven? He says, I am the way. Be in relationship with me. You know, this this is not a a, a pick-your-type-of-religion. This is not a pick-your-way that best suits you or or a faith that supports that, that all other religions lead to heaven. There is only one way, and that way is Jesus Christ. You know, this needs to be stressed in a world where one is so easily offended when Christianity states so clearly that there is only one way. This is not an apology to those who are offended by this statement. For this statement is truth. But sadly, our world, some of the truths that we say are perceived as offensive. But hear this so clearly today. Jesus is the only way. Period. And as soon as we start thinking that there might just be another way, the devil 
will take hold of that doubt and he will rear his ugly little head and he will whisper into your ear and he will whisper in my ear. (laughs) Did God really say that? And as soon as we start giving into that line of thinking, the devil is going to keep chiseling away over and over and over again at the truth that you know and you believe to be true about Jesus Christ. Jesus, he is the only one that can forgive you from your sins. He is the only one that can release you from your guilt and your shame and set you free to live in relationship with him through his death and through his resurrection. We need We must remove the filters that we put in place that prevent us from seeing clearly who Jesus is. We need to remove the filter of thinking that all good people go to heaven. We need to remove the filter of believing that that if I just obey and and if I do the best I can at understanding and believing and following the Christian rules, that's my ticket into heaven. We need to get rid of that filter of thinking that all I got to do is attend church on a Sunday or whatever night it is that you go to church. And if I do that every week, I'm going to heaven. We need to get get rid of the filter of thinking that, that all religions, all faiths lead to God. John 5, 39 states this. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. When Jesus says, I am the way, he is literally taking a sledgehammer to each and every one of your filters and smashing it to pieces. And he is saying, open your eyes, my child, and come and see me clearly. There is no other way to the Father but through me. Come, get rid of your guilt, get rid of your shame, get rid of your confusion. Come and be in relationship with me. For when you are in relationship with me, Jesus says, you are in relationship with the Father. For the Father and I, we're one. Hear these words from Isaiah 59. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor his ear too dull to hear, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Friends, it's time for you and it's time for me to be like Thomas and not be ashamed to raise our hand and to ask the question, Lord, here I am with all my imperfections and all the filters that I have put in place. Help me to see you more clearly. Lord, Will you help me grow in my relationship with you? Is that your heart's desire? Then Jesus goes on to say, I am the way and the truth. Jesus is saying that the way is truth. What does Jesus mean when he says this statement? Well, I think it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Jesus is telling us and his disciples in the room with them that day that everything he said is true. 
Jesus doesn't stretch the truth. He doesn't minimize the truth. He doesn't even tell a little white lie. Everything that Jesus says, you can take it and bring it to the bank. You know, in today's social media news frenzy society, this statement of of the way is truth is, is so critically important. Take, for example, the coronavirus in which we're, we're all dealing with and we're all living with right now. There are so many unanswered questions, isn't there? What is the truth about it, really? Think about the messaging that we are receiving up, up planking the curve and how it changes daily and is different from province to province. Experts, they seem to, to disagree with one another. Politicians disagree with one another. Family and friends, they all have different stories about, about how this came to be and, and how we need to deal with this. You know, we, we don't really know what the truth is about it yet, do we? We can't find the truth really on how it started, was it, at a Wuhan market? Was it perhaps a a lab experiment that has gone wrong? Perhaps it's just a big hoax by Bill Gates. Should we meet with 50 people or less? Because if we meet with 50 people or more, the the virus is going to spread, well, unless you're protesting. What is fake news? And what is truthful news? We really don't know, do we? And to top it all off, your truth is your truth. My truth is my truth, right? And, and, and who gives me the right to tell you that your truth is wrong and you have no right to tell me that my truth is wrong? That's how we think, isn't it? But I think Jesus would have something to say about that and that's why this I am statement is so relevant for you and it's so relevant for me and it was so relevant for his disciples some 2,000 years ago. Jesus is saying, I am telling you the truth. I am the way to the Father. I am the truth. The way is truth. So what is truth? You know, that's really the age-old question, isn't it? What is truth? Even Pilate asked the question, what is truth, in John 18, verse 38. Truth is this. Truth is the exact relationship between two things. Thus, a word is true when it corresponds perfectly with the fact or the idea that it is expressing. So when Jesus states that he is truth, he is stating that that he corresponds perfectly with the Father. That he and the Father are one. This is a truth in its fullest form. Every word that Jesus spoke is truth because he is in perfect alignment with his Father. So when somebody says, my truth is my truth and and your truth is your truth and we'll leave it at that, we must always say, well, I need to line my truth up with the truth of Scripture. And if it goes contrary to the truths that we find in God's Word, then no matter how much you and I believe it to be true, It's not true. When we see Jesus as truth, it will require us to examine some of our humanly bold statements that we deem to be true. If you believe that Jesus' statement, I am the way and the truth, therefore making Jesus the truth, then we must believe what, what Scripture teaches is true. 
Therefore, we must seek to know the truth by being in God's word and in prayer. You know, I think we need to ask ourselves this question. If we have not opened up our Bible for an incredibly long time, if our Bible, our personal Bible, is, is sitting on the shelf and it's collecting dust, I think we need to ask, do we really desire to know the truth? I know I struggle with this. Knowing the truth, is that your desire? Then Jesus finishes his bold statement. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 1 John 5, 11 to 12 says this, God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. When Jesus added, I am the life, he has now captured all of life, the start, the middle, and the end. I am the way, he says. It begins with Jesus and only Jesus with a relationship with Jesus. He says, I am the truth. It is the journey of knowing Jesus, of understanding him of more, of removing the filters that we have put in place and to understand that what he says is the truth. And then he says, I am the life. That is the life, the present, the here and the now. And it is also the life to come, the hereafter, eternity. Jesus is telling us that he is, is, is the completion of all that is. If you know Jesus as the way, you will know the truth and you will have life. For he is the resurrection and the life. You know, John eleven twenty five. 25, Jesus says this to her, which is Martha. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe this? Now keep in mind, at this point in the story, Jesus has not yet died. He has not yet rose from the grave. The resurrection has not yet happened. He has just shared that Judas was going to betray him. Judas leaves the room. Peter was just told that he was going to deny Jesus three times when he hears the rooster crow. Jesus just told them that he was going to leave them and that they're going to uh, follow up later. Can you, can, no wonder, really, no wonder that, that Thomas and Philip, a few uh, verses later, have so many questions about the statements of Jesus. And then Jesus says, I am the life. See, I am the life is present language, and it is also future language. I am the life is present and future language. I am life now. He says, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus is our life giver. He is the very breath that, that, that brings these, these dry bones to life. Genesis 2 says this, God formed the man from dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils life. And the man became a living being. God the Father and I are one. Jesus is life now. 
In him we live and we move and we have our being. From the very air that we breathe to the very rhythm of my heart is a gift from God. Jesus is telling his disciples and he's telling you and he's telling me, if you want to live life to the fullest, come to me, for I am the giver of life. And then also, I am the life to come. Just a few chapters later in the book of John, we read about his death and how the tomb is empty. Jesus rose from the grave victoriously, defeating death once and for all. Because he lives, we live. Because he is life, we have eternal life. If you believe in Jesus Christ as Savior, of your life, if you believe that he is the way and that he is the truth and that he is the life, you will have eternal life. Jesus said in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his his one and only son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So today I ask you the same question that Jesus asked Martha. Do you believe this? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If if you really knew me, you would know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Friends, it's time for us to raise our hand. It's no longer time for us to be silent in our conversations with the Father. It's no longer time for us to sit back and and just kind of think that everybody else is going to figure this out for us. It's time for you and it's time for me to raise our hand and to ask Jesus and say, Lord, help me to know more clearly that you are the way and that you are the truth and that you are the life. Help me to understand you deeper. Jesus is clear. If you know me, you know the Father. We need to take hold of that. And we need to hold on to that. Because Jesus will remove the filters that prevent you from seeing the Father more clearly. He will open your eyes of the heart of your heart so that you can grasp how wide, how long, how deep the Father's love is and his grace is for you. Friends, trust in God. Trust also in me, Jesus says. For in my Father's house there are many rooms, and if it were not so, I I would have told you so. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if if I go and prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back and and take you to be with me so that, that you can be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. For I, Jesus says, am the way, the truth, and the life. Do you believe this? Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come to you and we want to thank you for this bold statement. Were you so 
proclaimed so much truth about who you are and your identity when you say, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Father, this is not something that we as believers need to apologize for because we believe that you are the only way. So, Father, help that to sink into our hearts. God, we want to know more. We want to learn more. So please, we come before you now in confession asking or admitting that we have these filters in front of us. And Lord, we, we, have, we, we are sorry that we have put all these things in place that prevent us from seeing you so clearly. And God, we ask now, individually and as a body, please remove those filters so that we can see you more clearly, for we can see you for who you are. Thank you, Father, for who you are. In Jesus' name. Thank you.